0: are you tired of living with stained and worn out carpeting does the den look like bears spent the winter with you spring is here and so is empire today's half off your project sales starting now but only for a limited time save 50 percent on a huge selection of carpet hardwood and laminate standard padding and materials and basic installation Call the Empire Today half-off-your-project-sale hotline now. one 385 681 Empire Today's free in-home estimates are easy and smart. Choose from high-quality flooring in the rooms where you'll use them with your lighting so you can see the color best. We'll do the measuring. You do the selecting and saving. But first, you must do the calling. Everyone loves the half-off-your-project-sale. Even pairs. Call the Empire Today special hotline 1-855-385-0681. one 385 681 Today. Select styles. Details at EmpireToday.com. SRN Survival Radio
1: Network. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. One of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships. No subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.
2: Happy
3: Sunday, everyone. It's March the 15th, um, our human trafficking show. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're your hosts. I am Will Strayhorn.
4: I'm Janae Kaye. And I'm Alicia Brown.
3: Yes, yes. How's everybody doing? Good. But, yeah, good. we're doing
5: yeah. good. Doing great. Thank How about you?
3: you? <laughs> I, well, I have the flu. I found out what's wrong. I have I have the flu. So I have been in bed all week, pretty much. I went out today, um, trying to do a little light shopping, but realized I was kind of pushing it too fast, so I came back home, uh-huh. laid down a little bit before the show. You know, I'm hard-headed, and I like that. I couldn't <laughs> just take laying in the bed one more day, even though I had yeah. a good home care nurse, and they took care of me really well.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> but,
3: yes. Yeah. I just want to let you well, know, I heard the show. But, <laughs> I um, heard the show last week, and you ladies and um, Danielle, y'all held it down. I was so proud of you. Thank really you good know. job.
4: Thank you so much. A really Thanks good so job. Lot.
3: <laughs> yeah, Just don't it, let it yeah, yeah, happen yeah. again. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: don't let it happen again, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes.
5: Well, guys, it's a lot of things going on this week. Um, a lot of things have been happening for some very important people. I don't know how they're feeling about oh, yeah. it but
4: <laughs>
5: what do you all yeah. think about this uh Hillary Clinton scandal that's going on? This email scandal. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay. I'm the one that always has an opinion. Um yeah. just a brief synopsis for those that may not know. When she was secretary of the state, Hillary Clinton exclusively used her private email address, you know, private email account even on a personal server that was located at her house instead of using an official state department um and why is that a big deal well number one the whole issue of transparency um yeah. it was matter of fact i think it was in 2007 they criticized the bush administration or rather hillary criticized the bush administration for using secret white house email accounts
2: mm-hmm. now
4: in the press conference on tuesday she admitted that she deleted more than forty thousand emails that she felt were personal, but you know because they weren't on a pro- you know the actual server for the state department, we'll never know it's her right. opinion you know we don't know what was on those emails, the content we have no idea she just deleted them now she turned over over fifty five thousand, but again, yeah. there's no transparency wow. there. And then I don't know about you guys, but when she made that statement, she opted for convenience, you know, that just did something to me. because She said you know, she, said she yeah, opted what for convenience. did she say that? Well, she said, you know, I didn't feel like um, having to have two separate phones and two separate right, email right, right. accounts. Oh, so, okay. you know, I opted for convenience. But, you know, your position is one of authority, of trust, and accountability. It's not a position of convenience. So I really, you know, as the elections are coming up and we're looking at the possible candidates, I'm sort of bothered by someone that has a fiduciary responsibility that you would go with your convenience and what you feel and this sort of, you know, hypocritical stance versus right. what's the right and obvious thing to do.
3: Uh, what do you guys think?
4: Well, you know
5: it, you know people sometimes forget that you know these people are still human in these exactly. relations. and so i mean and I know just even personally you know I may have emailed something from a you know a different a work email or something because it may have been more convenient at the time, and I guess people forget that because they're looking at them being in a higher you know more political you know position, but they're still human, so they may not have even looked or she may not have looked at it in that way, you know so Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I do understand that when you consider you know, being transparent and things of that nature, it can um, look bad, even if it
4: wasn't, it can look bad, and that's the, that's the real issue. But, you know, again, you did bash the Bush administration for the same thing. I mean, it's the same thing about the funding that you're taking from the foreign benefactors. Same thing you bashed the Bush administration for, and now you're caught red-handed doing the same exact thing.
3: Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally it. disagree. Totally disagree, oh, wow. Alicia, I'm, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. So <laughs> sorry. I have to, to totally, Two forces
4: don't agree with each other. <laughs> I do
3: not agree with. It. I believe this is a time malicious conspiracy that well. is um, launched against her just at the point when she was probably about to um, announce her official run for the the um, seat of president, and I just I, I feel like it's a direct. You know attack on her number one her integrity, her trust, and her accountability um I know she said in several interviews that um it's not like she's the first person who's done it. um right. I was reading somewhere that um I think they were talking about power, they were talking about rice, um even though that doesn't make it right, but um, I believe out of all the things they were looking they could have tried to get the more major issues they, they, they couldn't pull from to, to go against her character. So even though I do feel, you know, this was uh oversight on her half, that she should have definitely um, stuck to using the, the issued email, um, I don't believe this is enough that we should start to question whether or not she'll make a good candidate to run. Um, I think I'm even more bothered that the person who's supposed to have leaked it, Valerie Jarrett, who was supposed to have been, um, I believe, one of the Obama senior advisors, um, mm-hmm. Is saying that um, is, is making it appear that it could have been something that was initiated by the White House and the Obama campaign or the bom- the right. Obama administration, and that really bothers me. Um, yeah,
5: that's concerning to me as well.
3: Yeah, that's real concerned, but um, I really feel like this was just a time conspiracy, and I don't think she should be surprised. I'm definitely not surprised, and you know, I'm I wouldn't def- definitely be surprised if something else come out. When this doesn't oh, do it will. exactly oh, yeah. doesn't exactly <laughs> do with what they wanted to do, because I do think she will make a great candidate um, for the president presidency. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, it's sad that this came out, but hopefully this is not going to be strong enough that she's done more to um, contribute to the government and to the country than this email scandal um, should overshadow. Yeah, oh, this is I
2: nothing
3: new. <laughs> yeah, know, it just, exactly.
5: Like you said, anytime. Someone's about to, you know, announce that they're running for office or in the in the yeah. early stages of this. All of this stuff is just things they do to kind of sway people's, you know, decisions. So,
2: yeah, yeah
5: I agree. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Well, what do you think right. about this? <laughs> Sorry, Alicia.
2: <laughs> no, honey. You know, you know how what we do.
5: <laughs> well, on a lighter note, but still not a good thing for the people involved, <laughs> What about this whole Blurred Lines court case?
3: Oh, cha-ching. Okay. <laughs> $7.3 <laughs> $7. million. Oh, yes. my
4: gosh. I'm going to change my name. <laughs>
3: oh, my gosh. But did My you last name going to gonna be
2: Gay. <laughs> did you listen to it? Yeah. I
3: mean, you really can't question it to me. I well, listened to it, and I was like, well, hey. And then what yeah. really got me, and I believe two um, was us, I believe it was Nona Gay, or was it his wife, um, his ex-wife, Janice Gay, somebody said what really made her look more into it is when, is when they said, I believe it was Pharrell who said he wrote the song in like an hour. Um
2: oh. That was what, mm. yeah.
3: I
5: mean, I don't know. I mean, I, lo- I love Pharrell. I- <laughs> me too. I, I like, mean, he's kinda like kind he has
2: it's yeah, not like he had was
5: to do it amazing. At all. Right, he's an amazing songwriter producer. So oh, yeah. I just hate that he's going through this. But I mean, yeah. I understand what they're it, what saying, but there's so many other people that have done the same thing and have oh, gotten yeah. away with this.
3: Thing. <laughs> so, hey, so you think we were new. just saying with Hillary? Yeah. yeah, it
2: was nothing new.
5: So they yeah. were the ones that got caught, I guess. I'm yeah. a little Licka bit half out and of a lead
4: somebody. Yeah, I'm a little bit <laughs> half and half. I really am. Okay. Um, you know, when it comes to music, to me it's the same thing as literature and things like that and other arts. There's really nothing new under the sun. Right. I mean, you, you write something, you produce something, you might have a twist on it. But, you know, what really is original material? I mean, there's an obvious difference when you copy something or you plagiarize something. But I think if we took a lot of different songs and really analyzed them, we see some similarities. And, you know, I like both songs, and Mm -hmm. when I listen to one or the other, I don't associate them together. However, I remember the Today Show did play like a minute, I think, of both songs side by side, and you Mm -hmm. can hear similarities. But I wasn't 100% convinced with that song, but now they're saying that the family is going to sue again, and this time for real. um, It Mm seems like his song, Happy, which is like, you know, that's my song. But and that was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, it won so many awards too. <laughs> but you know what? If you play it simultaneously next to it's Ain't That Peculiar by Marvin Gaye, again, mm. two separate songs, you listen to them, you love each of them, you never think of them together. But if you mm-hmm. just play them together, that sounds more like than the first court case. But, wow. you my know, goodness. I just worry about the implications, not just for the music industry, but for, you know, anyone from authors to other artists, that maybe there's an increase in litigation mm-hmm. if these verdicts continue.
5: Well, I know, you know uh, another um, artist that recently dealt with that was Sam Smith and his song, Stay With Me. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that same thing, thing
5: happened. Uh-huh, but he uh-huh. went ahead, I guess, and settled and, and added, right. the, you know, the original people to copyright, so... People know that they had some kind of influence on the song.
2: Right. So he avoided uh-huh.
5: the whole court situation, which I guess was smart on his behalf.
2: Yeah. But,
4: you know, did you guys hear, and I never really investigated it that much, but did you hear it was something about doing the court case? They asked Robin Thicke. He said that he had wrote it. Um, he had helped Pharrell write um, mm-hmm. bloodlines. lines.
3: then he to back,
4: back. Right. Yeah, He was exactly. saying that, you know, I said um, how much I like Marvin Gaye. Uh-huh. And I, I'm wow. I was too I was too yeah. drunk or high to remember you know what happened. At
2: <laughs> so oh, I'm just yeah. like,
4: well, maybe we, they did get some inspiration from Marvin Gaye. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> I guess we won't know. We no, no, but unfortunately, they're dealing with a lie. <laughs> but I'm gonna change I would, my name I would to Gaye a... so I can be part of the family. So I can get part of that 7.4 and whatever <laughs> else they get with the next suit.
3: Wow. Yes. Will, well, yes. Yeah. Well, well. I, I just wanted to give out the phone number just in case anybody wanted to call in a little bit later on to give their opinion of both of those two topics. You can call in at nine one seven nine three two ten seventy eight. Make sure that you press one, or you can go on our website, radio dot com, and you can send us a chat. Okay, you can go ahead, today. <laughs>
5: Well, thank you for that, Mr. Strayhorn, and that's a great segue. We're ready to go to commercial break, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have our guest expert, Ms. Nancy Hartwell. You're listening to Let's Face It Radio on the Survival Radio Network.
4: When you're ready to lose weight, why count, track, and worry over every meal? Jenny Craig makes it simple. Just walk into a neighborhood Jenny Craig Center or give us a call. You'll meet your dedicated personal consultant who helps you reach your goals. Together, you'll pick out delicious Jenny Craig foods that you'll love and design a menu that fits your life. And the best part is that you can get started losing weight right away. Don't wait any longer to take advantage of our best offer ever. Call 1-800-JENNY-20 or visit JennyCraig.com. Members following our program on average lose one to two pounds per week. Offer ends on 32915. Restrictions apply.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the hottest station out, the Survival Radio Network. This award-winning network has over 900,000 downloads, with 30 powerful shows hitting the airwaves Monday through Sunday. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and education, this network is for you. Check us out by visiting www.survivalradionetwork.us. Onward to one million. And remember, we...
0: College is important, but it can also be expensive. College Planning Services is a group of educators, administrators, counselors, and other licensed professionals that work together to provide the necessary services, networks, and information to reach students that are serious about getting a college education. College Planning Services partners with financial institutions, corporate sponsors, and other major players in the global market to strategize in building a pool of information regarding financial aid, scholarships, and funding information to assist students in preparing to access the essential resources to build upon their path to a educational future. Learn more at collegeplanningtoday.com and let us help you start your college career. More and more people are making their purchases online and their number one resource is ShopSquare.com. At ShopSquare.com, they're committed to excellence and top-notch customer service. ShopSquare.com is empowering customers just like you by providing them with the best details online anytime. If you're looking for electronics, home decor, home appliances, sporting equipment, college wear or fashion, ShopSquare.com is where you'll want to be. Go to www.ShopSquare.com or give us a call at 877-659-0807, that's 877-659-0807.
2: Welcome
4: back to Let's Face It, we have none other than best-selling author and recognized human trafficking authority, Nancy Hartwell, who will talk to us on the subject of human trafficking. Welcome to the show, Nancy.
6: Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Hi, Nancy.
2: How are you? Yes.
5: Hi,
6: Nancy. This is Janae Kaye. How are you this evening? I am doing just great. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to help get the word out. Oh, yes,
5: definitely. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. Tell our, our listeners, Nancy, exactly what human trafficking is.
6: Well, it's when one person takes complete control over another person and obliges them to do things that they would never dream of doing if they had any choice about it. Um, we're talking uh, mostly sex trafficking, but also labor trafficking. For example, the next World Cup is taking place in her on the Persian Gulf, and the facilities are being built by slave labor, and nobody right. seems to care.
4: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow, so yeah. It's so interesting <laughs> you said that, Nancy. This is Alicia Brown. I had um, read somewhere that events like the Super Bowl are uh-huh. great places for traffickers. And you just yes. mentioned um, another event. So is this yes, the indeed.
6: norm? Yes, indeed. Anytime that there are lots of men congregating somewhere, um, there will be prostitutes who are trafficked. This is kind of a soft form of slavery. Um who are obliged to take care of them um a pimp for example depending on the market he can oblige each of the girls under his control or what are in his quote stable unquote um to bring him 300 500 even 1000 dollars a day uh, and if they do not uh. produce um he beats them to a pulp uh, just think about it. Ten girls, you know, three hundred dollars yeah. a day. This adds up to some serious money. Yes. And yeah, and a thousand dollars a day. It's beaucoup money. Um, right. Yeah. Um, the girls are fed. They're kind of partially clothed. Um. Um. But once. They have been trafficked. Their life expectancy is six years. And many of them are wow. trafficked when they're young teenagers, so a lot of them will be dead by the time they're 20. Oh this God. is oh serious stuff, people. Yeah, yeah.
4: I had no idea their life expectancy would be that uh. short once trafficked. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, Either um, um,
6: wow, um, brutal pimps or brutal customers or ODs on drugs that the pimps will get them hooked on because it makes them easier to control um, six years. And that's generous.
4: That's very scary. Yes, ma'am. you know, you mentioned, too, that it's not just sex, um, it's the sex trade industry. You also said something about laborer. Could you break down again the different kinds of human trafficking and some other examples? Okay, okay. Well, okay,
6: my specialty is the sex trade focused on the Persian Gulf. Mm -hmm. These guys have more money than they know what to do with, and uh, a a tall, good-looking blonde can go for more than $100,000. And as long as somebody is prepared to pay that kind of money, somebody will be prepared to fill the market. But there are also other kinds of trafficking In Asia, most of it is domestic, Thai on Thai, Filipino on Filipino, Indian on Indian, etc. But the State Department, which is not known for being exactly cutting edge, estimates that there are between 600,000 and 800,000 people a year, a year, who are trafficked across national boundaries Uh, that's just think about that's nearly a million people a year um yeah this this really rattled me because i thought maybe it would be something like five thousand ten thousand no six hundred to eight hundred thousand a year now many of these are labor slaves um for example there are recruiters who go to places in Asia, especially the Philippines, Indonesia. They go to villages and they say, hi, um, we need housekeepers for wealthy Arab households. Anybody here interested? Great benefits, uh, great salary. So the girls line up because in Los Banos or in Manila, the opportunities are extremely limited, especially for girls. So they sign contracts, actual contracts. And they are flown from Manila to the Gulf. And then as soon as they get there, the first thing they do, they take their passports away from them. The second thing they do is beat them up and rape them. Uh, Yeah. And after a couple of months, when the girls say, "Um, excuse me, um, I think I need to get paid here. They say, pay you? What the hell are you talking about? We bought you.
2: Uh,
6: Yeah. Yeah. But and this has Nancy, happened so many times that now in the Philippines, if you're a young woman and you want to travel alone, you have a lot, a lot, a lot of problems because um, it, it has just become such a huge issue.
3: I know. Uh, well, but Nancy, let's back up just a little bit. So, okay. you said about six hundred thousand or more um, travel the the um, th- you said boundaries. I just want See, to know because traffic
6: across boundaries, yeah.
3: Across it sounds to me I, I hear you mostly saying she. So the the demographics of the, the victims, are they what are some of the demographics? Are they primarily female? Are they not as overwhelmingly many
6: males? overwhelmingly female. Um about eighty five percent are female. Uh but still that means that fifteen percent are boys or men, and um, we don't we shouldn't forget about them um, uh-huh. because it's the boys or men. Well, boys, little boys are trafficked for pedophiles. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh-huh. Big boys are trafficked for homosexual brothels. Uh-huh. Some are castrated so that they can guard the girls in the in the brothels and the Mm -hmm. Uh, harems. But no matter how you cut it, it ain't pretty.
4: Right. Wow.
3: So I know you noticed you had mentioned Philippines and all those. Is that like a larger percentage of the um, demographic, the Asian community?
6: Um, Philippines, there... Indonesia, um, yeah, uh, these are the ones that are particularly targeted by the Gulf, um, and and they have many many um, laborers in the Gulf. They refer to them as Pakistanis, and a lot of them are actually from Pakistan, but they're that's not everywhere they're from. They're from Afghanistan. They're from Somalia. India, uh, Indonesia, for the the labor slaves. And these people, even if they have been on the Gulf for three or four generations, they have absolutely no Mm rights.
2: In Arab, they're Uh. called
6: without. And some of the worst slums on the planet are in these wealthy, wealthy, wealthy Gulf states because they're not Arab, and therefore they're dirt. Uh, Wow. Well, Nancy, um, this is Janae again. Um,
5: Can you give us some statistics on um, how um, human trafficking is spreading across the U.S.? I know you've given us a lot of information about other um, countries, but do you have any stats on the United States?
6: Uh, Yes, actually. um, Experts believe that there are probably about 200,000 labor slaves here in the U.S. Wow. That does not count um, forcible prostitution. And most of these are in the agricultural industry or in massage parlors or other, like, personal services industries, um, and um, many of them are from Asia or Latin America. Wow. But it's... It's everywhere. It's in rural communities in Iowa. It's in Brooklyn. It's in Potomac, Maryland. It's in Malibu. I mean, it's everywhere. It's just so,
5: everywhere. <laughs>
2: so
6: what is the government doing to try to um, solve the problem? Well, as far as the international slave trade is concerned, very little. Um The United States has put several countries like Thailand and Saudi Arabia and Philippines on their naughty naughty list, like, okay, these are the worst offenders as far as um, human trafficking is concerned. Boy, that really scares them, doesn't it? And, Uh. you know, every couple of years, somebody will actually make a speech. Oh, wow, that's really going to fix it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, right, <laughs> but mostly right. we turned a blind eye to it,
2: and which that's upsets
6: the, me very much. <laughs> <I'm>
4: sorry. Right. <laughs> that's one of the questions I have for you as well. Um, as Janae was saying, the U.S. statistics, you know, there's so many stories that have been in news here recently where uh-huh. there are human trafficking victims here. These are not people that are brought in from other foreign countries. They're not people that are are foreigners. (laughs) They're actual victims that are in the U.S. Um, There was even a story about a mother who uh, was using her daughters um, to be trafficked and the youngest one was 14 which according to the may be kind of old. But how is this becoming a problem with our own U.S. children here? Okay.
6: Okay. Well um, if you know a girl who's planning to run away from home Right. Please, 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 please help her try to find some other solution because there's about a 90% chance that she will either end up in a harem or a brothel or on the streets. Traffickers can spot runaways at 50 paces and they know all the buttons to push, all the right things to say to lure these girls in and then trap them. Um mm-hmm. Um, if if somebody wants to target a particular girl, and sometimes a particular girl is targeted, they will find some way to find leverage to threaten her. For example, oh, we know you drop your little girl off at such and such a daycare every morning, and then you take such and such a bus and you go to such and such a place. We're going to torture your little girl to death unless... You do what we say. The Internet has also made recruiting, quote, unquote, very easy. Um, Traffickers will put ads on websites that they know that young girls frequent and offer fabulous, fabulous jobs like, you know, a high-paid model or a part in a movie or you know, part of a a hot new band, whatever a 14-year-old would think was really, really, really glamorous, okay? And then when the girl arrives, the first thing they ask is, well, um, do you have time for us to sit down and chat for a few minutes or is somebody waiting for you? Um. Now, what they're really asking is, have you come alone?
2: Yeah.
6: Uh huh. And if the girl says, "Oh no, that, that, that's okay. Nobody's waiting." <laughs> Guess what? In five minutes, she's going to be a statistic. Wow. Wow. Sometimes. So. Yes. Yeah, go
3: on. Well, no, I was going to ask you. So, other than maybe young ladies who decide to run away, who may be in bad home situations, are those the main targets that people go after? Um those are no
6: are, those are 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 very easy targets um girls between the age of like fifteen and eighteen are the uh, sorry between about ten and eighteen are the primary targets and let me explain here just a minute a ten year old in the arab world that is not considered pedophilia a five oh. or six year old yeah but a 10-year-old, no. This is, she's ready for prime time. Um, the prophet wow. Muhammad, yeah, married one of his wives when she was nine. And if that's what the prophet does, then that's what's okay. So um, many girls in the Arab world are married at age eight. Uh, there was one very sad case in Yemen recently, where an 8-year-old was married to a 40-year-old and he attempted oh to have goodness. sex yes ma'am he attempted to have sex with her on their wedding night and in the process injured her so severely that she died oh. uh, but but child marriage is still very 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 common in the Arab world so 10-year-old girls are prime targets um,
5: wow Well Nancy let me ask you another question Because you did mention earlier about Runaways being um, As you said a prime target And you said that a lot of them are lured in With the um, dreams of being a, You know a model or actress But what about mm-hmm. other situations In which they may be lured in Or is it always lured Are they some of them kidnapped Or what are some other ways that they are You know enslaved into this process
6: Very, very good question. Sometimes it's simply a crime of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard about one girl who was walking through a park on her way home from Girl Scouts, and she passed two guys who were sitting on a bench, and they had dark green uniforms on, looked like they were park employees. Um, They grabbed her, and in a few seconds had managed to handcuff her and dump her into a crate that had been prepared just for such an opportunity it was lined with foam rubber yeah and then they you know very casually um, rolled the crate over to a a van in the parking lot and boom she was a a victim sometimes traffickers will set girls up for example Okay, a girl's on a bus, and this guy sits next to her, and he starts groping her, and she gets mad, and he gropes her again, and she gets even madder, and this guy across the aisle jumps up, she grabs the other guy, says, hey, buddy, you keep your hands off this kid. Right. Well, I was just having fun with a, a pretty girl. Listen, he, he says, you you got to stop that. So he dumps him into his seat, and then he sits next to the girl. Who knew that they were working together? Together. Together. Uh Uh Okay? Now, parents have done a great job of telling kids, don't talk to strangers. Have you talked to your kids about telling them not Uh to talk to heroes?
4: Wow. Wow.
6: What they're trying to do, you see, is break the stranger barrier... So that way they can elicit key information from this girl, where is she going, who's going to meet her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to see if she is an easy victim.
2: Hmm.
3: So you also said that the the prime age is probably up until 18. What happens to the young ladies when they reach, like, 30?
6: Okay. The statistics go way down once you hit 20. Um, but there are some instances I've heard about, even women in their 40s who have been who have been kidnapped and enslaved, um, even PhDs. I mean, you really? would, you yeah. Um, but in a lot of places in the world, women and girls, in particular, are simply committed co- considered as commodities. I have some friends who went on their honeymoon. Morocco and they were in a village and they were in the market and the wife said oh honey look at those things over there aren't they cute and he said "Eh, I'm not really interested in that she said okay I'm gonna go look at those I'll meet you back here in five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes she doesn't come back Uh well fortunately this guy had heard some stories so he went around the back of the market, and he found his bride bound and gagged in the back of one of these souks. Five wow. minutes.
2: Wow. Uh, wow. Wow.
6: And, yeah, a married woman, but they didn't care. She was um, a female, um, white, um, nice victim, marketable. Wow.
3: And was he yeah. able to? I guess he was able to rescue
2: her, right? And were they caught? Yes,
6: uh, with difficulty, but he did manage. To, he did manage to rescue her. Yes,
2: Thank And I've heard
6: several stories like that. Not actual people that I knew, but I've heard other very, very similar stories. Um, if y'all are planning to go to North Africa on vacation, please, 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 keep your daughters in, in very close touch. <laughs> So well, while you're uh, uh, on
4: that subject, Nancy, you uh-huh. know from the information you're giving, anything from our our girls, our boys, all the way up to adults, are potential targets. And yes, it's I not am. just a global problem. This is something that can you know happens right here in the U.S. every single day. So how yes, in ma'am. the world? It certainly does. How in the world are we supposed to protect ourselves? What can we do? What are the warning signs? You know, like you said, on vacation. I mean, oh, what what do we need to look for that we're not? Great,
6: great question. First of all, we need to know what's going on. A lot of people refuse to believe that this is still an issue. What do you mean human trafficking? We got rid of that ages ago. Right. People, mm-hmm. it still exists. And if we do the ostrich thing, we are putting our kids at risk. So first of all we need to inform ourselves about the problem. Second of all we need to inform our kids about the risks that they may potentially run. I have a relative. She is 17, going on 6. You know, she falls in love with uh, the new guy on the um on Facebook every other week. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, she's got a target on her the size of Brazil. Right. She, yeah. she had never heard of the term human trafficking. <clears throat> so we had a chat. And she said, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? So we need to warn our kids about these risks. We also need to monitor their social media sites. Now, this is not fun. Kids hate this. But if you're being a policeman, you do it behind their backs, it's even worse. But if you do it with them, you can turn it into an educational experience, show them postings that are totally inappropriate, photographs that never should have been posted on the Internet, Mm -hmm. red flags, that a really savvy 14-year-old would not be able to identify, so that you can kind of educate them about how the traffickers operate and some of the things they need to really look out for, so that they can also help inform their friends. Um, if, uh-huh. if you do it like you're <laughs> you're helping them um, educate their friends, it makes it even easier to swallow. But parents really, really, really need to monitor their kids' social media
4: sites. But how do we educate ourselves? Because a lot of us uh, well, your your recommendations, first we have to understand <clears throat> the problem and understand how to identify it just us before we can even relay this to children.
6: Well, um, thank goodness there are radio programs like yours
2: True. <laughs> that that
6: help to educate the public about this problem and, and how to take measures <clears throat> to remediate it. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much for um, putting this show on tonight because this is an extremely important topic and we really need to get the word out so that parents can help protect their kids.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So,
3: so Nancy, who who are the typical traffickers? Are they like wealthy businessmen that are behind uh-huh. these operations? Are they? Uh, it's just
6: of... it's just about anybody who wants to make a fast buck. Um, the Russian media uh, uh, mafia is into this big time. Um, it, it's a multi billion dollar international industry. And um <laughs> I mean, if somebody's gonna pay a hundred thousand dollars for a tall bond, somebody will find a way to satisfy the market and it's people from every demographic, every um, um ethnic identity it's it's just any any dishonest person who doesn't care that they're destroying lives, they just wanna make. A fast buck. Um, uh, Like I say, it's a multi-billion dollar international industry. The Russian mafia and other organized crime, Um, they're into it really, really big time. By the way, the the center of the international slave trade in the Western Hemisphere is Aruba. You happen Mm -hmm. to remember the case of uh, Natalie Holloway?
3: Yes, yes.
6: Right. Okay. Wow. Well, uh huh. The Dutch guy, Smoot, who was originally questioned for her presumed murder, of course they never found any body. Um, uh, when things died down a little bit, he started bragging that he had sold her to an Arab who worked in the oil industry in Venezuela right next door. Mm. Wow. She fit the profile to at, and later I heard that since she had become so well known that the prestige in owning her was um worth some money, so that the guy who bought her actually ended up paying eighteen million dollars for her and Of course, nobody's heard from
4: her since, okay. Well, you know you touched on something interesting the the money part of it,
2: but uh-huh. also
4: you know while I was researching the topic. I also read something where I definitely want to get your your opinion and expertise on this that they felt that pornography might be one of the culprits of human trafficking. Is that true well, so, how well i part? think
6: it's a I think it's a minor part um um guys who look at pornography may or may not be more prone to to buying um women or not uh, i'm 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 not convinced that this is a, a huge part of it what what scares me is that men who buy women are very often sexual deviants or perverts um because there's absolutely no recourse. If if they do something that would scandalize everybody, who cares? The girls are completely powerless. They can't turn them in to the police. If they break wow. that girl, oh, okay, too bad. We just go and buy another one.
2: Wow. They don't
6: consider the yeah. girls as people, but simply as pieces of meat or toys, kind of like horses or cars. Oh. I I I had a friend from India. He recently came back from Saudi Arabia, and we were talking, and he said that his friend actually showed him his slave harem, 36 oh. girls. Fairly typical wow. size, by the way. But he said his friends were all making fun of him because he had cheapos from Greece and Turkey and Egypt. And so he really needed to upgrade to the, you know, more prestigious models of wow. of Scandinavian types. Uh-huh. Wow. Like they were well, cars. Uh, yeah.
5: Nancy, I did have a question for you.
2: Um, okay.
5: I, you know, it's just so, you know, it's so heartbreaking. And, and I've heard a couple of stories myself, where even in the U.S., there have been some girls that have been lured in because they thought they were going to become a model, and, of course, they, you know, found out otherwise. Um, uh-huh. This particular this particular story that I heard recently uh, was right here in the area where we live, in the um, north of Virginia area, and a young lady actually um, got away. But my question to you is that
6: why don't these victims run away? Um, they are so controlled financially, physically, uh, um, emotionally, that it is very, very difficult for them to pull away. These traffickers know all the buttons to push to to take girls who are perfectly normal and and turn them into people who are totally, totally, totally under their control. I heard one case in Baltimore where there was a girl kept naked in a room for two years. Can you believe? Wow. Um, somebody wow. finally rescued her, and um, she was in a shelter where they they try to help girls who have been trafficked to you know patch back together their lives. But she had been traumatized, um, you know, brutalized at home. She ran away. A pimp found her. She was traumatized even more by the pimp. And this all at an extremely impressionable age, she ran away from the shelter because being on the streets was all she knew. She hated it. But she had been so traumatized that she didn't believe that the people at the shelter were actually helping her. She thought, okay, this is just another setup. Um, They're going to do something awful to me. And um, so she preferred going back onto the streets. And I've heard similar stories again and again. Um, it's, It's really hard to rehabilitate these girls because they have just been traumatized so often that they simply do not trust anybody. Oh,
3: wow. So I have a question. It's a two-part two question, actually. So, Nancy, if I'm in a situation where perhaps, you know, my instincts are kicking in and I'm saying that something's just not right with me uh-huh. some people who I'm in, in my company with, um, what can I do if I suspect something's a little su- suspicious? And then what are some things I can look for, some cues, perhaps, that perhaps the young lady in the group of you know company with some men may be in trouble may be uh, um, a um a trafficked victim what are some things i can look out for and then what what can i do in this situation i'm bless sure I you. Definitely
6: bless keep you bless you for eyes asking that with those those questions okay um the signs that you can you can kind of tell that a girl might have been trafficked or being targeted for trafficking Um, If it's like 30 degrees outside, if she's wearing a sweater and she's outside on the street, you might get a really good idea really fast that this girl is not in control of her own life, Um, especially if she has bruises or something that, that might show that she has been brutalized. Red flags should... Um, The red light should start flashing uh, big time. Um, Okay. um, If you know a girl and you suspect that she might be targeted for prostitution, okay, Hmm. Um, teenagers, all teenagers, boys and girls, need tons and tons and tons of emotional support. Boys are more likely to turn to each other which is why gangs are like 99% male, girls, on the other hand, are more likely to turn to older adults. Pimps, know this, okay? Ever heard of a 15-year-old girl who's not getting along with her parents? Hmm. A pimp will move in, say, oh, oh, sweetheart, your parents don't understand you, but I do, and I'm always there for you. Exactly. He'll give her lavish gifts, take her places that she'd never dream of being able to go, and then after a few months, once she is totally emotionally dependent on him, he'll say, okay, sweetie, time you started showing me some gratitude. And then he mm. moves in for the kill, okay? Um, those are things that you need to, to look out for. If If you see, you know, next door, like, the the place in ohio not long ago you know that had locks on the outside and the mm. windows were covered with aluminum foil or or opaque plastic or or something um, like that you know that's a huge 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 red flag exactly. you should let the authorities know don't try to investigate this yourself but let the authorities know so that they they can figure out okay this is not a completely normal situation
2: here um
6: right right wow Wow. many communities have task forces against human trafficking um there are national associations and organizations that try to fight this like the national center for missing and exploited children polaris hope um they're always looking for financial support they're always looking for volunteers and there are many also local organizations that that you can contact often they're related with with churches or other religious groups uh who try to help uh not only combat the the situation but help rehabilitate the victims of it and if if you could contribute to any of these organizations they would be so grateful Wow. Okay.
4: You know, Nancy, you've given so much great information.
2: So much, yes.
4: Yeah. How can yeah, people get in contact with you and follow you going forward?
6: Well, I. it used to be easy. Um, I have a website, com, but oh. unfortunately it was recently maliciously uh, hacked. Uh-oh.
2: Yeah.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, and and so there's this big red sign that says this website contains malware. Um, um, but but people are, are, are please welcome to contact me at nancy dot j dot at gmail dot com, which is my personal um, email. Okay. I I have books available on Amazon. I've written three uh, best-selling novels about victims of the modern day. Uh, slave trade. Um,
2: yeah.
6: The the first one is called Harem Slave. Not only is it a perpetual bestseller in its category on Amazon, but it's also won an award. And then there's a sequel wow. called Prince Ibrahim's Favorite, and a companion volume called Voices from the Harem. They're classified hmm. as fiction because I changed names and dates and you know details, but these are all based on true
3: stories. Uh, wow. So, Nafi, what's a little bit about your background? How, how did you get into this studying uh, about human trafficking?
6: Well, I'd rather not go into a lot of detail about that, but let me just say that I know more about this than any human being um, should know. I have been an activist in this for more than 40 years. Um, I have interviewed dozens and dozens of actual victims of this crime, and I've heard hundreds of other stories wow. about yeah, it's amazing when people find out that you're interested in this topic they bombard you with
2: with yeah. information
6: and with stories uh, um and they these stories have shown definite patterns and and definite um um just, just you think, oh, wow, these. I've heard 100 stories, and 85 of them are almost the same. Um, you, you finally get a really good idea of how these traffickers operate and how the girls end up. Uh, well, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us yeah, tonight. Like you. they said earlier, you've been Definitely. a wealth of information. We really appreciate yeah. it. Well, I so much appreciate the opportunity to help get the word out, and, and I thank you so much for uh, your courage in in broadcasting this program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Have a good evening. Okay.
6: Okay, thank you. Good uh-huh. Wow.
3: A lot of information. Yeah. Wow,
5: very much so. And very scary. Yeah. yeah, very disheartening. Yeah.
3: Wow. So uh, I'm a little sad. I did not know yeah, as young as ten, they were like ten years old. Some places, that's
2: that's.
4: that's old. Well, I mean, I, I think don't... in some places they're even younger. But what shocked me was the life expectancy. I didn't know. that's very disheartening. So basically, you use them, so you use them up and get all your money out of them, and mm. then shortly right. after that, these young women are going to die. Yeah. It's terrible. Just just Jeez. I'm I'm at a loss for
3: words. Yeah. Well, next week we have um coming up I just want to briefly talk about next week's show, um we have Tom Corley, who is a certified public accountant, he's a best selling author, he's a speaker and he's a media contributor. And for five years Tom has observed and documented the daily activities of two hundred and thirty three wealthy people and 128 people living in poverty. He discovered that there is an immense difference between the habits of wealthy people and the poor. During his research, he identified over 200 daily activities that separated the haves from the have-nots. So next week, he's going to be here talking about his book, Rich Habits, The Daily Success Habits of Wealthy Individuals, and he's going to talk to us about how we can attain those same habits that the very wealthy and the very elite have.
2: So join us next
3: Sunday, um, Sunday, March 22nd. He's going to be here to tell us all about it, okay? Ladies, once again, it was a pleasure to do the show with you, Um, and we'll be talking again very soon,
2: right? Yes. Yes.
3: Any closing (laughs) words?
5: It's very so um, <laughs> sad, but we have a lot of work to do.
4: We have a lot to do with yeah, the industry. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think it
4: just, once again, to watch our children and everything yeah, and watch exactly. ourselves.
3: Yeah, yeah. And we're doing a call-out to all our listeners. Please tell a friend about the show if you're enjoying it. Uh, we're trying to get the word out about the show. Um, so just tell a friend and remember that you can always catch – Past episodes at Let's Face It com. Okay? So, we're your hosts. I'm yes. Will Strayhorn.
4: I'm Janae Kay And I'm Alicia Brown.
2: Let's Face It.
5: In life, you want to be faced with many choices, but the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold. Be beautiful.
1: Make the choice to be you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Drayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's Face It.
2: Yeah